Welcome to the CCUPC Cutting Room Floor podcast, where we try to connect Sunday with the weekday. I'm Pastor Dina, and I'm here with some special guests. And I'll apologize at the outset for our audio this week. I was struggling with all the technology, so we are making it work the best way we can. But um, we'll hopefully fix that in the future. But as I said, I'm here with some guests, so I'm going to ask them to introduce themselves. Uh, um, my name is Dale Jacobs. <laughs> and I'm Diane. And we've been members of CCUPC for 31 years now. Oh, wow. Okay. That's great. Tell us some of the things you do here at the church. Uh, so I'm currently uh, a ruling elder sitting on, sitting on session. I teach the newcomers class, sing in the choir, and I've probably um, served on uh, most of the committees that exist. I have avoided... I've avoided uh, uh, property and maintenance and a couple others, but I've been, I've been very involved. Good. Uh, I was a uh, past deacon here, and I served on the, the pastor nominating committee for uh, Jim Moran. Uh, I was also in charge of the spiritual growth committee when that first um, began. Uh, but uh, really after... Um, after uh, the nominating committee for Jim, uh, I, I've sort of taken a backseat. Okay. You also both missed that you were Vacation Bible School volunteers extraordinaire. They they teach the science creation rotation science. every year, and it, it's great. It's fun to watch them um, play with the kids and, and show them all the fun, sciencey things that exist in our world and connect that to our faith. So um, it's great. Thanks for being my guests. Today, um, we uh, this past Sunday, I preached on Deuteronomy 5 and part of Deuteronomy 6, the uh, two of the most famous passages in the Old Testament, the Ten Commandments, and then what we refer to as the Shema. So what, um, what stuck out at you about the passage or the sermon or, or what, what we did on Sunday? Well, what stuck out to me was really before the sermon... <laughs> The children's time I just thought was fantastic. That really summed this whole thing up. You know, sometimes we get it gets gets so uh, we get it so overly complicated on some things, and it was just simplistic when you had the you had the hearts there, and you had the uh, tape which represented the law. And uh, the kids reaching, trying to stay with the heart, but reaching for the law. And um, just like the Jews were given the law, but they were supposed to always keep their heart for God. Well, <laughs> we know how that turned out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what I did, I put a heart on the floor and then um, decently far away put a line representing the law and told them to try and touch both. And they had to twist themselves up to do it. They, they were able to do it. I, I was surprised. I thought I got it far enough away that they wouldn't reach, but they were creative. They laid on the floor and everything. I didn't yeah. expect that. So what else? What else stuck out at you? You know, this is such a famous passage. Sometimes it's hard to even think about all that's in there. Well, and we, we assume we know the Ten Commandments, and, and, and that's a, a crucial piece of the, of the Old Testament, but it really hit me 
from your sermon about the, the timing of mm-hmm. it all, that he was talking to the, ge- to the next generation of, of Israelites, so they wouldn't have seen the glory of the Red Sea miracle, um, and, they're, and they're about to go into the, the promised land, and so it's almost like the coach saying, get, let's get back to the basics, let's, let's give you, you know, let's, let's give you the, the most important guidelines, rules that you need, for, and that God, God knew mm-hmm. um, that as they walked into this other culture, um, that they would that they would be tempted, and really wanted to make sure that they had the had their guides set out for them. Yeah, yeah, and it struck me too, thinking about the timing that that the people hearing it would not have seen firsthand all of these miracles, and we know though as as stories come down through generations, we see it. You know, in the way that my parents can remember um, exactly where they were when JFK got shot. And, you know, I certainly know about that, but but was not alive when that happened. And, and we see it happening with the events of September 11th and, and I'm sure now COVID. But as we get, and those are terrible things, not good things that God did. But as we get further and further away, their impact is kind of a little bit less than if you lived it. And so, so these people didn't know what... Um, you hadn't lived through the glory of God the way their, their parents did. And so they were being challenged to, to kind of renew the covenant, to be reminded of what was being asked of them. What else? What else stuck out? Well, the um, Deuteronomy 6, 5 through 9, really, it sort of brought me back because I, uh, I grew up in a Jewish neighborhood. My best friends were... Orthodox Jews, and um, you know, I, I I saw firsthand some of the some of the rules and the regulations that they that they fo- followed, and um, and you know, I was witness. In fact, I I think I, I held at one time uh, the phylactery, the the things that they mm-hmm. put on their forehead and their hands that. Uh, have a scripture scripture reading in there, and the, the mezuzah, which is was on the doorpost, you know, that mm-hmm. has scripture also. So, um, it, re- it really brought it really brought me back, and um, I, I was thinking about the different um, different um, variations now in the Jewish religion, the Reformed, and and um, and I just sometimes thought the, with the Orthodox Jews, which were, they, they were all, in Deuteronomy, they were all Orthodox Jews, how um, attention, to the, attention to some of the details, they, they sort of took on a life of their own. Mm-hmm. You know. Well, and you had, uh, before, you had, you had mentioned the distinction between the, the Ten Commandments, and then all of those extra little laws in Leviticus. Yeah. yeah. And so the that yes, that the Ten Commandments would have been the would have been the main point mm-hmm. that that God wanted to get across. And of course, there, 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 I'm sure there's good reason for God spelling out all of those yeah. other laws in terms of dietary and all of the the details um, that later on. But maybe. 
maybe it was a lot easier for the Jews to to focus on the concrete. Yeah. Instead of the bigger picture. Yeah, we like. I mean, we like clear lines. Even today, we like clear lines. Like this is acceptable. This is not. And um, and a lot of the Ten Commandments don't really have that built in because, especially because a lot of them are are kind of internal things as well. Like you you don't know if I'm coveting your neighbor's donkey if you're if I'm coveting coveting my neighbor's donkey or whatever. I'm the only one that that really knows that. And again, what what does that mean? Does does liking it and and saying that's a really great donkey count or you know is it is it deeper than that when I really want that and or don't want you to have it? Mm-hmm. Um, so there's not that clarity outside of I think um, murder and adultery. I think those are probably the only two that you could verifiably say this now you know now you've broken these yeah. these two these laws. Um, you know you had mentioned about the phylactery phylacteries and I. I had actually preached a little bit, brought in this passage um, over the summer too, and it was the first time I really, I'd always seen pictures of the boxes and and the shawls, but I didn't realize until I was doing a little digging that, that each of those things signified the, the mind, body, and strength. Where they were, the, the box on the forehead signified the mind, and then, you know, different things um, signified the, the heart and strength, and I... I know I mentioned it on Sunday. I didn't have a, a lot of time to go into it, but those three things really encompassed the whole of everything somebody had. But what I wonder is when, when um, God said, you know, to uh, basically, uh, he, you know, when He said that. Um, Bind them as a sign on your hand and that. I mean, did he really, did they take it upon themselves to do that? I don't, or, I don't know if, if, if God was being metaphorical and, and yeah. people said, okay, we will put a box on our hand. Um, I don't, I don't know. I'd have to look that up. Um, perhaps, you know, per, because, because we do see that, that they were very intentional about, being very specific to the letter of the law. And we see that all the way into the New Testament where the Pharisees did not like Jesus because he was not adhering to the letter of the law. You know, you are not supposed to to heal on the Sabbath. No questions. Do not do this. Um, And couldn't see the the spirit of of how these things were given. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know about that. But I think in terms of of binding these to to your eye, God was saying, you know, whatever. In whatever way you find mm-hmm. to do that, I'm number one. Keep me, keep me close. Yeah. And so in our days, we have most of us have the the artwork in our houses. Mm-hmm. You know, as for me and my household, we'll follow. You know, yeah. follow God, um, etc. Too. So there's there's lots of different ways that yeah. you can do that to 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 not only show others but also remind yourself yeah. all the time. Yeah, to your point, Dale, I'm not sure if it was meant to be ritualized the way yeah. it it is, or or if there's a lot of space in in that. And um, and certainly, I think you know more than anything, God is is concerned with whether we actually you know do our lives do these things. Do we love God and and love neighbor, as Jesus would would later 
sum all these things up. Because um, it's one thing to have, you know, have the, the post on your door, the mezuzah on your door, and kiss it when you go in and come out. It's a whole other thing to make sure that everyone that comes into your house knows that you love the Lord and you treat them as though you love the Lord. Exactly. And when you go out as well. Yeah, it, it's easier to do the steps leading up to the finale than to do the finale. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, and I know we've been talking a lot about that, um, James and I, as we talk about church attendance and, mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. And um, the the idea that the generations before kind of have, have duty at their core, and so for them to come and sit in church is enough. But if you if you come and sit in church, sit in worship, and then leave and don't act as though anything has changed. Right. Did you really, did you just waste an hour of your life? Maybe. Um, you know, we also believe that the word of God doesn't return void and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. So we have that promise. But, um, but yeah, there's this sense. And, and there is a sense when Moses is saying it that, that this, is to, this is to change who we are as a people, you know, our, and he said, our, you know, this is the covenant God is making with us. And, and that was a big deal. Not with it. This isn't the covenant that God made with our ancestors that we just inherited. Mm-hmm. This is our current covenant that we live under that God has promised us as we get ready to take on this new land. And also that we're making promises to God. One of the commentators I read said, said, you know, what God was trying to say is internalize them, you know, get, get this, get these inside of you mm-hmm. and then get them inside of your children. Yeah. Um, and I thought that was a, a good way to, to, um, to summarize that because that, that whole, uh, at the, at the last, the last scripture reading too, um, is teach these, teach these to your, mm-hmm. to your children. Yeah. So Talk about fun. them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses. And, um, oh, I missed it. Mm-hmm. Impress them on your children. Yeah, it started, it, that's how it starts right. off. Impress them on your children. And then these are also ways, those other, those concrete things are ways to impress them on your children. That, right. you know, these visible signs are for you, but they're also for you to pass them on. To other children, which, uh, or to your children and, and others, you know, I think about all the questions my kids ask me all the time, every day, you know, well, why do we do that? Why is it done that way? And, and so I can imagine that some of these symbols were, were to foster those kinds of questions mm-hmm. and, um, and that, you know, because in some ways rituals are good, um, not when they become the end in of them, right. end of themselves, but they are, they do help. I think that's why Sometimes there is such comfort in, in saying the Lord's Prayer that we've said, you know, millions of times. Or, you know, in some of the, the more liturgical churches saying the same things. There's, there's a comfort in that and there's a spirituality in that as long as it doesn't become... Well, yeah, that sort of reminds me, getting, getting off there, the, the, uh, we got married in the Greek church, but of course mm-hmm. that was all new to me. And with the, with the rehearsal, when you, when you learn the meaning of going over three times and going around the table and all that kind of stuff. It's very meaningful, but the thing is when 
you're in the congregation sitting there and you're just seeing that and you're not sure what the connection is. Yeah. I think that's sort of like generations here. They, yeah. they saw all these things that God had for prompting them to be close to him, but they, they just saw those things. They didn't know that it was, or they forgot that it was for a prompting to be closer. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, because as we said, it's, it's easier to, to follow the, the concrete laws than to continually be drawn back to a God who calls you to all these things, which can be hard at times. I mean, it's hard to honor your parents. It's hard to not covet. It's hard to not, um, not you know, it's hard to rest on the Sabbath, you know. It, and I don't, I don't know that it's any harder now than it was in the ancient Near East, but different, different hard. Um, just because their, their whole, their whole society was based on how much you worked very literally, even more so than ours. I did think it was interesting, and this kind of hit the cutting room floor because I didn't go through each uh, each commandment, but the reason it, it spells out that you shall not do any, any work, neither you nor your son nor your daughter nor your male or female nor your servant nor your ox or anybody living with you, and it goes through this whole list because I guess there was a temptation for the male head of the household to observe the Sabbath, but but it require his servants to keep working and require you know, yeah require you know all the people under him to keep doing it. You know, it reminded me of of, of corporations today where you know CEOs are sitting in in offices or able to take month long vacations, and people at the bottom can't even take a day off because they they get penalized. So so God even. Was care- and Moses, as he interpreted it, was careful about that to say, like, no, 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 this isn't just for the head of the household. This is for the good of the people. And, and there, I think, even though here it it connected to the Exodus, mm-hmm. it, when it was given in, in Exodus, it was connected to the creation. So when you think about it that way, it kind of fits together a bit more. Like, this is how we've been created to have a rest, and this is what God you know, and God redeemed us from Egypt so that we could, um, that we could still honor and, and keep this Sabbath and honor him in the, in the process. And we could spend quite a time debating what keeping the Sabbath today yeah. uh, is as, uh, yeah. as our world has changed so much from those times. And so maybe, maybe the concept of, re- of, of giving yourself a rest, but of course, making this day holy and yeah. And being in church. Yeah. Yeah, but I know, I mean, myself included, how many times I, I come here and I worship and then we race out to a swim meet or a dance recital or a, a family gathering or whatever. There, There is not, rest isn't our natural right. state. It's much harder to rest. And even when we're at home, it's like, all right, let's do the laundry, let's mow the grass, let's mm-hmm. let's catch up on all of the things um, that, it, that it's much harder than to to really honor this idea that we are to rest and and realize that if we were to stop working, the whole thing wouldn't fall apart, uh, which sometimes I think we we delude ourselves into thinking. Um, So, so yeah, it's it's hard. I guess one one other thing, uh, 
I'm thinking you hit the cutting room floor. I get uncomfortable every time you read in the, one of the first commandments uh, that God talks about punishing the children for the sins of the parents for three to four generations. Yeah. Um, but then Jesus, I think Jesus said said different uh, different things in the in the New Testament. So what was the what was the the well part of it? Um, part of it was um, I read that. You know, those those three to four generations were probably all alive at the same time and living in the same town and the same area because um, they, of course, weren't as as mobile as we are. And yet, um, so to punishing the sins, punishing the children for the sins of the parents, the third and fourth generation, I think they saw the effects of their disobedience in real time it, as as. Um, enemies came in and overtook them. They all very much experienced that the the punishment of God because you know a lot of times we do see punishment through conquering nations. Um, but the love showing the love to a thousand generations, those those of course you don't have a thousand generations alive at the same time. And so it really was a a, a stark dichotomy between the, the limited amount of, of wrath, I think that's the word that's used, um, punishing. Mm-hmm. So the limited punishment versus the, the immeasurable grace when, when, um, when people do honor God in their lives. And I think it beca- because it is couched in the... Um, in the beginning of the commandments where the focus is on God mm-hmm. and God is saying, I'm, I'm it. And yeah. you shall not have no other gods before me. You know, was that really, so is that really that, that strong message to the, to the Hebrews? Love me and me alone. Things will go well for you. Uh, and if not, your yeah. further generations are going to see the consequences because you're going to go into exile. And these, these, these bad yeah. things are going to happen. Yeah, and um, I don't have it open here. That word jealous has a lot mm. of different meanings, too. I mean, we, we think of jealousy as in, I want what you have, I don't want you to have it, that kind of thing. But, but it has a much broader application in, in, in the idea that, that God wants to be the only one. Um, you know, much like much like the marriage relationship, when two people enter into a a covenant, they want, you know, the husband wants to be the only husband for his wife, and the wife wants to be the only husband, or only wife for her husband. Um, So it it definitely has a little more of that relationship kind of feel to it than, than the, I don't know, to me the word jealous God makes God sound mean and angry. Um, And and as you dig into the word a little bit more, it's not it's not quite that. There's there's definitely an element of of what we would call jealousy that that God wants all of our attention. Um, but looking a little deeper, it it paints a more gracious picture of God mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, I think um, this is a good passage. A good you know, good reminder. Like I said, you could go through each commandment and really 
pull e pull each of them apart in terms of of what what they say and how they applied in the Old Testament, then later how Jesus applied them, because um, then he of course turns them on their head again. Well, he does. So the if the as those Ten Commandments are enumerated, spends most of his time in the first four. Yeah. Uh, talking about God. And so if you really, if you are going to really love God with all your mind and strength and soul and spirit, then you're going to, you're going to want to keep the other. Yeah. Um, and I think that was the whole point of, with the, from the children's sermon too. You know? Yeah. If you're planted in God, you're, you're going to less, you're going to worry less about the, the don'ts. Yeah. And understand what, you know, what would Jesus do? What would, what would God have me do in this situation? Yeah. Yeah, and and looking at them as as not looking at, at these as categories too, which I I'd read somewhere too that, you know, many of the other most of the other laws of the New Test or of the Old Testament and as Jesus unpacked them in the New Testament fit into these these categories in they fit into the um into the Ten Commandments mm -hmm. in some way as we as we love our neighbor, meaning we don't give false testimony and don't steal from them and and that sort of thing. Um, that you know these really give patterns more than than concrete guidelines, guide or you know concrete commands. They they are that, but they're they're so much more too. Um, it's hard. It's it's hard for me to divorce myself from the first two commands. <laughs> you know, I mean, I you know, we all try to. I think we all try to think. Well, what what is God thinking here? You know. Yeah. And uh, I think and that, that's one of the sins that we have. Yeah. Um, There's actually a lot of debate on even how they're numbered and whether that first command is actually a part of the 10 or I forget how, um, how, how it works out. But, um, some say that, that, you know, I'm, uh, you shall have no other gods before me and you should make an idol for your, no, no idol for yourself are, are connected. And then they separate, I think, the end. Yeah, the one I read yeah. was one through four. Yeah. Is your relationship with God. Five deals with your family. Mm -hmm. Six through nine is how you're going to work with others. And then I thought, was, I, I always thought 10 was part of the others. Yeah. But uh, this commentator said it's your thought life. Okay. What you're, what you're, what's inside that, that may, other people may not see um, as well, too. Yeah. But again, if, the first, you know, the first few, if, if you really get that right, yeah. Um, hopefully the others will follow. Yeah, and reading them that way, it makes perfect sense why why Jesus says the greatest command, commandment is to love God with all your heart, your mind, and soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Like, it, it really, mm -hmm. it covers both of those things, and it would even include your thought life, because what's addressed here is how you're thinking about other people. And, and how you're you're regarding them and treating them and valuing them. So yeah, this really this really sets a good foundation of of 
how we are to act as the redeemed people of God. And, and that was actually, that's another interesting point. Um, and I think I, I drew it out just a little bit in this sermon that these rules were given to the redeemed people of God. They weren't, you know, we, the, the article I read kind of said there's still debate today, you know, do these belong in courthouses and do they belong in, in public squares and, and such. But they were given to believers, to the people God called. They weren't applied to every to all of creation. That that these set these rules set the people of God apart. And so, so we still today, you know, expect these of the redeemed people of God. If you if you call yourself a Christian, then then these are the standards you're held to. And you can't necessarily hold people who don't claim Christ as their savior to these same sort of standards, even though in our cultural society, they've kind of become like the, the top 10 and the, you know, the non-negotiables. And I mean, one could argue that you, you really shouldn't kill no matter what, <laughs> what faith you claim. Um, I thought it was interesting too, that even, especially the, the don't commit, mur- don't commit murder and don't commit adultery and don't steal had to even be spelled out that, you know, how far we've fallen that we need to be reminded not to kill other people. Um, and yet, and yet here we are. That, that well, weren't they going into, was, was there child sacrifice? There was never child sacrifice as part of, of worship of Yahweh, but other no, gods, no, no. yeah. They were born into Canaan. Was, yeah. was there child sacrifice there? I think so. I, I couldn't be 100% sure, but odds are good that, that yeah, if it wasn't Canaan, it was one of the other neighboring, neighbor, neighboring era areas. So, so yeah, it. it it's so he was basically saying all life is sacred. Yeah. From the littlest to the oldest. Yeah, yeah, and then and then of course Jesus. I love when Jesus expands that and says like hate is is no different than murder. Um, and I, I can't imagine having heard that and the, the Pharisees thinking, wait, no, that's not right. That's not what the law says. Um, but, you know, and, and in a similar way that lust is the same as committing adultery, that um, I'm sure it, it kind of blew their, the Pharisees' minds that, that how concerned Jesus was with the internal just as much as the external expression of these things. And I think as we, you know, when you talk about us wanting to expand Christ's community, mm-hmm. you know, how foundational that is to all of us, that we are all to, that we're all to, um, to have this in our heart. Yeah. And, and work with grace with everyone else, and that's, and impress it on the, the children. That's why we love, I love the, um, the sacrament of baptism. Where yeah. It's the whole congregation that's taking responsibility for the, yeah. for the children as, as well too. So. Yeah, that's my favorite part when when we say like we're all we're all in this together. You know, you're not you parents are not alone in this. You tiny little baby or child or or confirmation student, you're not alone in this. That we are in this um, all together. So. Yeah, and really, if you think about it, all three of the pillars of, of what we've established, you know, that whole preaching series we did over the summer, you know, worship, discipleship, and relationship are all are all right here as we worship God, as we're in relationship with one another, and then as we grow um, in our faith and in our knowledge. So, so these really do kind of 
form the foundation of, of so many things. And, um, and yeah, it, it's such a joy to, to pass it on to children, to uh, the youth group, to, to people who haven't heard or haven't thought as carefully about their faith until now. And I know you get to do that in the new members class as people come in and, you know, you hear their stories and help them to, to think about their faith in new ways. And it's great and good and exciting. Anything else that we missed or that you, you wanted to bring up? Good thing we've covered it. All right. Well, that's great. Thank you so much for joining me and be being willing to to do this. As as the podcast has has developed, it's become kind of one of my favorite parts because we get to really talk about things in a different format. Um, You know, sermons are great and wonderful, um, but a one sided twenty minute monologue isn't always the the best communication tool. Yeah. and I, I think that, uh, or I believe that God wanted us to go go to the um, temple or the church, but that was just supposed to be uh, a grounding point mm-hmm. to go out. And uh, uh, unfortunately, we sort of, a lot of us have, made that the only point yeah it's almost become an idol yeah you know right yes which is kind of hard to say but but it's true i mean i think yeah and and as we're as we're challenged to let these shape our whole lives it's something we have to think about and think about who we are but um but yeah it's great thank you for for joining me thanks for talking about these things and we do hope and pray that for those of you who are listening that you your hearts were, were touched and you were able to connect Sunday to the weekday a little bit. Um, as always, if you like our podcast, if you could uh, click the like button, click the su- su- subscribe button and pass it on to someone else you think might benefit from it, we would appreciate it. Until then, I am Pastor James, or Pastor Dina. Pastor James is away for the week, but we'll be welcoming him back next week here with Dale and Diane. Well, thank you. Thank Bye. you. All right.